Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy. This is episode 43, and uh, I'm so glad you're with me. We're talking about how to convert recipes to sourdough today. That's a beautiful loaf of sourdough bread right there. I'm so glad you're with me. If you're with me live, hello. If you're listening later on iTunes through your earbuds or through the video replay, welcome. Now, the things that we're going to cover today are uh, pretty in-depth, and I'm going to be talking through them. But I want you to know that everything that I'm going to tell you today is available for you to read at tradcookschool.com slash aw043, aw for Ask Wardy and 043 for episode 43. If you're with me on Facebook Live, as soon as this broadcast is over, I will be editing the post above to add that link for you and any other links I mentioned. But if you want to follow along with what I'm about to say, all the notes are ready for you right now. Open a new tab in your browser. Don't do this if you're driving. Um, and go to tradcookschool.com slash aw043. Okay? And hello, everyone. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Brenda. It's so good to see you all here. Thanks for joining me. So let's get into today's topic. We're going to be talking about converting your recipes to sourdough. And the reason um, this is just you know, something that happens to a lot of people when they get into sourdoughs, they start a sourdough starter and it's bubbling and it's doing great. And you have a couple recipes you make, maybe it's pancakes or waffles or English muffins, but then you want to bake something or make something that you've been making for years. It's a tried and true recipe, but it's not sourdough. And you feel like you're betraying your sourdough starter not to use it in that recipe. Plus, we all know that sourdough is probably, not probably, definitely the healthiest um, grain preparation method out there. That's because it prepares um, the grains for better digestion. It pre-digests gluten. It neutralizes phytic acid. That phytic acid would block uh, your mineral absorption. So anyway, sourdough is the most effective grain preparation method out there. So whether you're into it for the health reasons or you just think that that magical bubbly sourdough starter should not be portrayed, you soon feel like I wish I could make all my recipes sourdough, right? Well, if you're here with me live on Periscope or Facebook Live, you can tap the screen for lights or for likes um, on Periscope. You can just put a plus or a thumbs up in the comments on Facebook. Um, and you're, if you're listening to this later, you can come on by the comments at tradcookschool.com slash aw043, and you can share um, your own journey. But I think for a lot of us, we feel like, oh, we just got to use that sourdough starter for ev- everything. Now, this is a question from Amy B, and I'm going to read the whole question to you in just a moment. First, I want to tell you that if you are not even to the point where you have a bubbling sourdough starter, but it really interests you, maybe for the health reasons that I just mentioned, or, you know, 
homeschool experiment for the kids to get involved in the kitchen or just because you love to do things, new things in the kitchen, well, sourdough starter, you can be mixing it up and getting it going in five minutes from now with my free instructions. You can find that at tradcookschool.com slash free starter. It'll give you instructions so you could be getting it going right now. Doesn't mean you can use it right now, but in three to five days with just a couple minutes a day of getting it going, you can be using a sourdough starter. Again, that's tradcookschool.com slash free starter. All the links that I'm sharing today um, are at tradcookschool.com slash aw043, or if you're with me on Facebook Live, I will edit the post above as soon as we're done here to include the links. All right, so Amy's question is along the lines of something that we all experience. She said, do you have any advice or starting points on converting regular baked goods recipes to sourdough recipes, if you'd recommend doing that at all, which I do. <laughs> I have some favorite recipes that I'd like to convert, and I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for modifying the liquid and dry ingredients to give me a foundation for changing the recipes. Well, Amy, it's a great question. I'm thrilled you asked it. Um, because to be honest, a couple years ago, three, four, five years ago, when I first started getting into sourdough, I got bit by the same bug. I, I made really good pancakes and really good bread, and then I was like, I got to make everything sourdough. So over the years, I've learned some principles to guide me adapting sourdough recipes, adapting you know, non-sourdough recipes to sourdough. And I think that's what I'm going to share today is some principles and different categories of baked goods you can do and how to approach them. Because once you understand the overall principle, I think you'll soon be off to the races. Okay, and if you want to follow along with everything I'm about to share, tradcookschool.com slash aw043. That has the notes. Right now, the notes are ready for you. Open it up in a new tab. Okay, so we've got some categories of uh, recipes to go over because not all types of baked goods you're going to adapt the same way. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is yeasted recipes. So um, that would be like this no-need einkorn bread, sourdough einkorn bread that I've got here on my iPad. Okay, so yeasted bread recipes. So there's a really quick rule you can follow when you're adapting those recipes to sourdough. Um, you can substitute a cup of starter for each package of yeast. So if your recipe calls for a package of yeast, use a cup of starter. Now, I will be giving you that recipe at the end, so just hang with me for the no-need einkorn. Um, so you're going to substitute a cup of starter, starters, flour, and water, you know, but it's this active ecosystem of beneficial yeast and bacteria that do the work of sourdough for each package of yeast. Now, to adjust the recipe um, after that, because like I said, the sourdough starter is flour and water, you do need to reduce the flour and water that your recipe calls for accordingly. So generally, you would reduce the liquid in your recipe by a half cup for the water, um, and you'd reduce the flour in the recipe by three-quarter cup. And then, that's so that's a compensation for the flour and water that's in the starter. And then from there, that's kind of like your basic overall formula. From there, we're talking about your tried and true recipes or we're talking about you know recipes you're familiar with how the consistency should be or pretty close. So then you're gonna play with the consistency of the, the dough, either adding or subtracting liquid or flour so that you can get the dough the way you know it should be. So if it's a muffin batter, if it's a no-knead bread, that's kind of like, um, wetter, which is what I use for this bread, 
or if it's a you know s- s- traditional sandwich bread loaf, you're aiming for that same consistency of dough, starting with replacing your packet of yeast with one cup of starter, reducing the liquid by a half cup, reducing the flour by three quarter cup, and then playing with the amounts to get that consistency. That makes sense, everyone? That's where you have to start. Now, I am gonna talk about a couple issues at the end of this broadcast today that are going to apply to all these categories. So it's gonna, I'm gonna be talking about baking soda and I'm gonna be talking about acids. Uh, so I just gave you the general formula for yeasted recipes, but at the end, there's gonna be a little bit more information regarding baking soda and liquid acids that I'm gonna say that'll apply to all these categories. So if you have to step away right now and come back, there's a little bit more information. If you have to step away, remember the show notes, tradcookschool.com slash aw043 okay now someone was asking about the recipe for this no need einkorn sourdough bread that i've got pictured here yes this recipe um, is a tried and true yeasted sourdough bread recipe i do it with einkorn which is an ancient grain but you can do it with spelt or wheat whatever you'd like the um, url to pick that up is tradcookschool.com slash free bread free bread is one word so this is a tried and true yeasted recipe um, of course, we are talking about adapting, so let's continue on with the categories. And again, all the links will be at the show notes. Okay, so the next category of recipes you would be um, adapting or converting to sourdough are quick breads. Now, um, as you may know, if you're familiar with traditional cooking, we have three grain prep methods that we use, soaking, sprouting, and sourdough. Those are in order of effectiveness too. Well, if you're adapting a uh, conventional um, recipe that's out there, maybe been in the family a long time, it's probably not going to have a soaking stage already worked in. Um, But in traditional cooking, if you're using like one of my soaked recipes, a quick bread, a soaked quick bread recipe or a soaked biscuit or something like that, um, it may already have a soaking stage in, worked in. So I'm going to give you ways to adapt um, quick breads that have soaking already worked in and a way to adapt quick breads that don't already have soaking worked in, okay? Again, I'm talking through a lot of information that is at the show notes. Someone is saying, why soak? Well, we prepare, in traditional cooking, we prepare grains for good digestion. We pre-digest gluten. We neutralize phytic acid that would block mineral absorption. We have three methods to do that, soaking, sprouting, and sourdough. So soaking is the least effective but still effective to help our bodies get more nutrition from the breads. So that's why soak, that's why sourdough, beyond the the beauty and the magic of it, right? (laughs) Okay, so quick breads. We're going to talk about um, first the type of quick breads if you've got a recipe that already has a soaking stage. In other words, you combine the flour and liquid and maybe some acid, whether it's yogurt or kefir or buttermilk, and you let that soak for several hours. That's a soaking stage, okay? Well, if you have a quick bread recipe that has a soaking stage like that, it's really easy to adapt because you use sourdough starter in place of the acid that you're adding, whether it's a tablespoon of lemon juice, a tablespoon of buttermilk, a tablespoon of yogurt, a tablespoon of raw apple cider vinegar, you use sourdough starter in place of that. Um, and I do wanna do a caveat that that's where you're using like a couple tablespoons of acid Um, if it's a recipe that has a greater quantity, like, you know, a couple cups of buttermilk, that'll be the next category I'm going to cover. 
So if there's a soaking stage in your recipe, you're going to use your tablespoon of sourdough starter in place of your lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, buttermilk, kefir. That's for small amounts. And then just proceed with the recipe. The recipe is already telling you combine these things and soak and then, you know, move on. So you just use sourdough starter instead. And then you've boosted the effectiveness of the soaking and you've incorporated sourdough. Now, if there's not already a soaking stage in this quick bed recipe, which is most likely because most recipes don't have that, well, at the beginning of the recipe, meaning when you're first putting it together, creating it, you're going to combine just the flour and the liquid and maybe some fat like melted coconut oil or butter if there isn't enough liquid to wet all the flour. And you're also going to add one tablespoon of sourdough starter for each cup of liquid and reduce the liquid just like if you were measuring out a cup of water or milk, you know, just do a scant cup because you're going to add a little bit of liquid in the sourdough, in the form of the sourdough starter. Then you're going to mix this batter together so all the flour can get wet. And then you're going to let it sour for five to eight hours. And then that's when you add everything else in the recipe and proceed with the directions for baking. Okay. And again, I'm going to tell you at the end, um, a little bit of information about baking soda and acids. Now, here's an alternate quick bread adaptation. The previous examples I gave you were the kind of quick breads where you're just adding a tiny bit of sourdough starter just to enhance the healthfulness of the quick bread and to introduce you know, the health benefits of sourdough, maybe even the, the sourdough tang that you're wanting to taste. Um, so the previous adaptation was where you're just adding a little bit. But if you want to add more of the flour and water, sorry, if you want to add more sourdough starter in place of the flour and water, sourdough starter is a mixture of flour and water after all, right? So if you want to add more sourdough starter into the recipe, either for more health benefits, more sourdough tang, or um, I can't really think of other reasons, um, then this is what you're going to do. And it it also depends on how you feed your sourdough starter. So if you're feeding your sourdough starter equal amounts of flour and water, let's say every time you feed it, you feed a half cup of flour and a half cup of water, mix it, and that's your feeding. Well, then you're going to use, or sorry, then a half cup of that starter can replace a half cup of flour and a half cup of water, you know, generally speaking, in your recipe. So use a half cup of your starter in the recipe and reduce the, the recipe's flour and water by a half cup each. This is a starting point, and you're always, whenever you're adapting, you know the consistency of the recipe that you need to aim for, so you want to adjust uh, to get that, okay? If you tend to feed a bit more flour and water when you feed your starter, let me say that. If you tend to, beat a, to feed a bit more flour than water when you're feeding your starter, which is what I do, then you would use your starter to replace a bit more flour than water in the recipe. You're going to create your batter with as few ingredients as possible, preferably the starter, flour, and liquid. You need to get the flour wet, though, to get the benefits of the sourdough working on it. So if you have to add a little bit of melted fat from later in the recipe, you can. It's okay for it to be very firm, though, and stiff like a pasta dough. Um, you'd let it, that batter sour for five to eight hours. Uh, then you add the rest of your ingredients and bake, okay? I am going to cover a little bit more on baking soda and liquid acids at the end. You're welcome, Robbie. Thank you, Wendy. Okay, so our final category of um, types of recipes to adapt is pancakes, waffles, and crepes. 
And you, you might know, we have tried and true recipes on these already at traditionalcookingschool.com. You can go there and you can type in sourdough pancakes, sourdough waffles, sourdough crepes, and you'll get our great recipes. Or maybe you already have our sourdough A to Z ebook or you're a member. Anyway, um, it doesn't mean you can't adapt a recipe that's been handed down in your family for ages and make it sourdough. Well, these are so easy to convert to sourdough because sourdough starter that you feed flour and water is like just right for these batters. There's no need to use other flour in the recipe. You just use your sourdough starter. You don't need to add additional flour. And this also means you can skip the souring um, time. That's because your sourdough starter has already soured since its last feeding. Again, we do this for good digestion, to pre-digest gluten, to get the most uh, minerals out of the grains we eat. So um, I do have an article that will tell you more information about what I call no-weight sourdough recipes. They are fantastic, and pancakes, waffles, and crepes are just three of them. So if you want more information on no-weight sourdough, because it's, it's related, but I don't want to go too much on a tangent, you'd go to tradcookschool.com slash no-weight, where no-weight is one word. So... Pancakes and waffles. You take your recipe and instead of the flour and the water, instead of all the flour and the water, you use that, uh, you just use your sourdough starter. And you're gonna have to play with the amount, but you know, a basic feeds three to four people pancake recipe will need two cups of sourdough starter. Um, and you know, pancakes and waffles are pr pretty flexible on, um, on um, ingredients. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm gonna say that if you use two cups of um, sourdough starter, you're probably looking to replace, you know, a couple cups of flour and the accompanying liquid in uh, your recipe, okay? Um, it's, I do wanna say though, for pancakes and waffles, keep your sourdough starter on the thicker side because the thicker batter is gonna work better, especially for pancakes. You can go a little bit thinner on waffles. Now for crepes, you're going to use your sourdough starter in place of the flour and water in the recipe, but then you can, um, or you, you can, you need to add additional liquid. After mixing in all the other ingredients, add additional liquid in the form of milk or water to get it to a crepe consistency. Your crepe batter should be thin. <laughs> That's what makes thin and lovely crepes. Okay, now let's talk about the couple issues here. And Wendy is asking, can you show us what the starter looks like? I do have a picture of a sourdough starter at tradcookschool.com slash free starter. And that will uh, show you what a sourdough starter consistency is. And it would also um, give you free instructions if you'd like to start one of your own. So we have two more issues just to be aware of when you're converting your recipes. First is the baking soda issue. And here's what the deal is with baking soda. Baking soda reacts with acids. If you um, are into like natural cleaning at all, you know that it's a great drain cleaner, right? You, you dump a, a bunch of baking soda in your drain and then you pour vinegar over it and it bubbles all up and it cleans and freshens your drain, right? Well, if you have baking soda in your recipe and you have acid in your recipe, that's why you get that um, pillowy effect in your dough. So your recipe has baking soda, maybe your recipe doesn't have any um, acid in it, but then you introduce sourdough starter, well sourdough starter is acidic. So you will see something in your dough that you've never seen before if there was no other acid in the recipe before. 
So I want you to be aware of this. If sourdough is the first time an acid is introduced into your recipe and your recipe calls for baking soda, you're gonna see some pillowing and um, fluffy uh, batter or dough. Now, this is okay in my opinion, and I think it's great for two reasons. One is because it helps your uh, quick breads or your batters or your breads turn out um, light and fluffy. The other thing is, is that you, um, if you don't care for sour sourdough, then the, the phrase is soda sweetens. So if you have soda reacting with acid, it will actually neutralize some of that sour taste and give you a sweeter result. So be aware of that. And you also need to adjust your recipes. You, baking soda has a great leavening effect, but it, it, um, if it deflates, it deflates. So that's why if you had been using baking soda at the beginning of your recipe before, you want to make sure and add it at the end of your recipe. Maybe, maybe just before mixing in any add-ins or at the very end. In our, in our fluffy pancakes recipe that's at traditionalcookingschool.com, you can search for it there. We do all the ingredients, and then right before we fry the pancakes, we add the baking soda. And if I'm doing a double or triple batch of the pancakes, I will actually add baking soda to just one part of the batter and cook those and then add baking soda in stages so then I don't lose that deflation. Um, the other thing you can do, like let's say you do the recipe and it has baking soda and it's just way too pillowy and billowy. <laughs> well then, you would need to adjust and reduce the amount of baking soda that you use in the recipe the next time. This is converting. It takes some trial and error. I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it'll turn out great the first time, but chances are you have to play with it a couple times. You could also use some or or replace the baking soda with baking powder instead. And baking powder will have a um, both an immediate and delayed rising action. Now, the second issue you need to be aware of when you're adapting recipes to sourdough is the acid issue. If your original recipe depends, and that's, that's why I stress that word on purpose, if your original recipe depends on using an acidic liquid such as buttermilk or yogurt, you could switch that to use milk or even water along with the sourdough starter because the sourdough starter is going to be the acid, and so you no longer need the sour dairy like buttermilk or yogurt. You could use plain milk, you could use water. Does that make sense? The sourdough starter is providing the acid, so you no longer have to use the acidic liquid like buttermilk or yogurt. Um, so I have come to the end of my notes, so let me just say a couple more things because I've covered a lot of ground here. Um, if you are not yet doing sourdough, please try. It's a beautiful thing, and yes, it can be done gluten-free. So we have... Um, we have free instructions at Traditional Cooking School at tradcookschool.com slash starter. That's where you can go to pick up free instructions. And if you want gluten-free, uh, the instructions that I send out by email at that link are not gluten-free, but when you receive them, all you have to do is reply and say, Wardy, you mentioned um, you could do gluten-free, and then uh, Millie, who who handles a lot of these things, who helps me a lot with these things, she will reply and give you the gluten-free instructions. So feel free for that. Um, if you'd like the no-need yeasted bread recipe I mentioned earlier, this one, go to tradcookschool.com slash free bread. If you'd like to know how to make a sourdough starter, oh, I just said that one already. Um, if you want to hear more about this no-weight um, no-weight sourdough concept that I was talking about where your sourdough starter has already 
soured. All the flour has already been prepared for good digestion. Well, we have lots more information on that at tradcookschool.com slash no weight, where no weight is one word. And I have covered so much information here. It's very hard to you know, talk about all these concepts. So I want to make sure you know that I have it all typed up for you and ready for you to bookmark or print at tradcookschool.com slash aw043. <laughs> and in the comments, someone's saying, you're so awesome, but I am boggled a bit. <laughs> totally. I feel like I'm boggling myself a bit. That's why I have the show notes typed up for you. tradcookschool.com slash aw043 has everything I've just been mentioning and all the links. Okay, so thanks so much for being here, everyone. You are a great blessing to me. I'm so happy to spend the time with you each week on Ask Wardy. Let me tell you that if you'd like a submit to submit a question for a future episode of Ask Wardy, you can tweet me at Trad Cook School. On Facebook, you can't see it, but it is there for everybody else. And use the hashtag Ask Wardy, or you can email Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at askwardy.tv to submit your question. And yeah, um, I'm getting some others. Wendy's saying, me too, boggled. Sorry about that. It's just, there's so many directions you could go. Trying to keep it very simple, but I also know that this is one where you're going to want to um, bookmark the print notes so that when you're adapting, you can come back and refer to the principles. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy, or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.